You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. So uh, today is our final Halloween-themed episode for October, and in grand fashion, we are going to go out with a film review. So this one was on Peacock, and it's called Halloween Kills, which is the, what, eighth or ninth film in the Halloween franchise, but it's the direct sequel to the 2018 Halloween reboot, and uh, this is part two of a three-film trilogy. Um, the third one has been confirmed. It is in production right now, and it is called Halloween Ends. So, you can only hope so. <laughs> yeah. So, with what you just said, and we haven't talked to each other about our opinion on the film yet, and we're just meeting up to discuss that now. I'm guessing you really didn't like it. I didn't. I, I just, you know, I have to say, I I have no context for this film. Uh, I have not seen any of the other Halloween films. I don't know how I miss them all because, you know, they've been in my entire lifetime, right? Since the, since I was 10, the first one came out, but I don't know. I've just missed them. And, but I don't think I, after seeing this, I'm pretty sure I haven't missed them. Um, it, it, it was just, uh, the first half was really rough. The second half, at least something started to happen, but it was, it, I'm really glad it was part of my Peacock uh, subscription and I didn't go to the theater for this. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least at least we could watch this one for free. And I'll admit that uh, while I wanted to go see this in the theater, at the very end, I was glad that I spent a night with my friends watching it rather than us all paying out of pocket for something like this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I didn't hate this movie. Um, I did feel like it was um, it was it was very divisive to me. There were some parts that I was just thinking to myself, this is just not very well made at all. You know, the acting is very bad. It's very cheesy. You know, there's, I think, unintentional comedy here and there, and I don't really know where they're going with this. But on the other hand, I thought it was a pretty effective slasher film in terms of uh, the violence and gore that was brought forth. I mean, what, I mean, what did you want out of this movie? I know that we've talked about horror movies extensively, but having no sort of preconceived notions of the Halloween franchise, what were you looking for out of this one? I think I was just looking for a bit of a story and maybe, maybe there was a story, but because I didn't see the first one or any of the originals, I have no context for who these characters are and what's going on and, and, and that sort of thing. I mean, I guess, I guess I just always felt like Jamie Lee Curtis, who I like quite a bit, you know, and, and she sort of, stayed with this um, this uh, film series for her entire career. I mean, she's done other stuff and she's been great in a lot of other stuff, but to her credit, she stayed with this, but boy, she was hardly in it. And she, ne- she never left the hospital. In fact, she almost never left the hospital bed. I, would, I just kept thinking, all right, something's going to happen now. And, and nothing really happened. And I have to ask this question, What's the deal with Michael Myers? Why can't he die? You know, that's something that I don't know if it's been explained, but I think that, so 
they mentioned a part in the film where they said he's been through so much pain and grief and anguish that, you know, his suffering has been that unlike any other man. So therefore mm-hmm. he walks as no other man. So I think there's an idea that they don't think he's unkillable, but they know that he is probably not mortal in the way that he relentlessly pursues his victims. Um, Did he start out that way, Noah? Do you know in the in the original series or in the original in the 2018 reimagination or reboot of this series? Because I, I had no idea that he was just unkillable. So yeah, to an extent. So I will admit that I'm also pretty ignorant of the wider Halloween series. Um, I did watch the very first one, um, and then I saw the 2018 reboot. And in that movie, he was pretty tanky, if you know what I'm saying. You know, people like I'm pretty sure people stabbed him, hit him all the time, and stuff like that. And, you know, he just wouldn't go down. So he was just like this walking nightmare, of course. And to an extent you can't really be mortal when people fear you this much and you've got the reputation that you do. So I can understand it here and there, but I think you and I like a clearly defined set of rules for (laughs) some of our horror films and that can work. That's how I live my life. I like rules. They they (laughs) help me. They help frame everything in my, my world. So my films need to have some rules. Yeah, sure. Sure. Kind of like, remember when we were reviewing Malignant Mm -hmm. and you said, and I said something about, what is it with this this sound all of a sudden the the sound means that the creature is going to appear and you said yeah my question was what are the rules here well that's exactly what i'm asking what are the rules of halloween you know it's funny because i think some films benefit from the rules being undefined and then some are just more confusing when you don't really know the correct context behind it but i think generally speaking and for anybody who is a fan of this franchise, I think the general idea is that it's not confirmed that Michael's some sort of deity or supernatural creature, but he is like a walking monstrosity. And I believe his hatred is so strong that he's just, he can't really be hurt like other mortal men, but he yeah, can be mortally wounded. Um, also, he does play, he's Jamie Lee Curtis's brother in the film like franchise i believe that's how it is oh i didn't realize that yes now did they have a younger sibling too that was killed or something i was trying to pick up i was trying to follow this but it was you know yeah this one this one really assumed that you saw the first movie and that's my problem Mm -hmm. um even though it didn't really work to advance the story that much um i'll remember i remember very little about the first film except for the final scene which this one picked up straight off of in the fire um but i remember really liking that movie um overall michael myers is the sort of prototype you know the archetype for a slasher villain right you know he's very silent he's got his mask and of course has very little regard for any human life that gets in his way and um i felt like if there was anything that this movie delivered on it was certainly the title because it was pretty shocking to see just how many people he took down in this film um nobody was really spared were they no and and you sort of i had heard that just about everybody you know died in this Mm -hmm. and so i was waiting for anthony michael hall to you know once he once he had the bat you know that was anthony michael hall who is um from the breakfast club 
Oh, that's who it was. Okay. okay. Wow. And yeah, I know time, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, when he, you know, he gets the bat and he's, I just, I also thought when they were in that almost final scene and they had him in the street mm-hmm. and it, it was almost as if they, they hit him on, they hit him a few times with the bat and he fell and they were like, okay, he's dead. And I thought, really, if, if he had been like on this killing rampage for the last 40 years, I think I'd, I, I, I think my response with the bat would have been a little more um, violent, quite frankly. If no, I hear what you're saying, but also remember, he did, get, he did get shot probably three or four times before everybody took pitch, turns. And the pitchfork in the back was kind of cool, you have to admit. Oh, yeah. And I feel like I've seen that somewhere before. I feel like yeah. that for some reason, that's like a horror movie sort of callback to an extent. But um, let's move right into spoilers, uh, okay. because we've sort of gone over the generalities of this. Um, so this movie, uh, this movie, Michael Myers is brutal. And I felt like this film, while it's not supposed to have a feel good sort of aura to it, it was very cruel in some places, in my opinion. It was uh, very over-the-top and excessive in parts, um, and I felt like there was this weird tonality shift between, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis in the hospital with, uh, I think, you know, a long-lost friend or lover or whatever, and they have that scene where they're just talking to each other, and, like, the music's light, and then it goes back to Michael. I mean, Michael kills children, he kills adults, he kills old people, and, I mean... He killed Big John and Little John. <laughs> I really didn't understand. I really didn't understand if those characters were uh, trying to be silly. But um, yeah, there was certainly a lot of um, aspects of this movie that it's not for a cinema lover, per se. You know, you're not going to get anything deep out of the film. You're not going to learn something new about direction or you're not going to get something incredibly substantial. I think if you set the right expectations for this movie, you'll be satisfied. Because for me, I knew it was going to be a slasher film through and through with yeah, the title. And while I can't say that this movie is like an eight for me or even a seven, I think it did what it did pretty well. I didn't think the content was that good, but I thought some of like the brutality was pretty creative. And it did surprise me with how brutal it could be sometimes. And I did sort of think the whole message of the monster terrorizing the town has turned the town into monsters, you know, turning against one another and doing crazy things. I thought that was a little bit clever. I thought that was a little bit clever to an extent. So there were some parts of the movie where I was just like, yes, that's pretty decent. And then there were some parts of the movie where I was just thinking to myself, okay, like what's going on? Like, why is this even included? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand the scene with the guy in the hospital and they were all chasing him and they locked him in that, that sort of hallway kind of thing. That was clearly a callback. Well, it was a callback to a past film because today while I was flying, I watched um, uh, the movies that make us Mm -hmm. and uh, it was Halloween. And so I got a little bit of backstory on Halloween, the the original film. Mm -hmm. Uh, which was made for an interesting, uh, interestingly enough, was made for $300,000, the original film, and it made 70 million. So it made well over, it obviously it made bank, which is why we keep getting one film after another, after another. But there was a callback to 
that scene was apparently a callback to something in one of the earlier films, but because I haven't seen him, I couldn't quite follow it. If I'm not mistaken, Michael went to this um, insanity sort of institution, this asylum, and he was treated horrendously there as people would be in the 50s, 60s, 70s. And I believe that they thought they, so the town knew that Michael went over there and that he escaped. And I think they thought that that patient could be Michael because they They never saw him take off the mask, which is really dumb because if I'm not mistaken, Michael is probably like six, like seven, seven feet tall. And that guy is at least like, you know, five feet two. And, you know, it's (laughs) just, (laughs) I felt like it was kind of a stretch too, because like, the guy was a little bit pot-bellied and then you know michael's just this tall imposing figure i just felt like it was a bit of a stretch to just maybe that was part of the whole paranoia aspect but i definitely felt like that was sort of a weird scene and then it took so long for him to just get out of the hospital and then when he jumped they just they're just like okay we're going to use this as an excuse to have excessive gore right i will say that visual was probably the goriest part of the film Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. There was the staircase kill, and then there was um, big, what happened to Big John, too. You know, that was that was pretty tough to watch. Um, but I thought yeah. the scene in the park was probably the best scene. I hate to say there's any good scenes in this film because it's just so gruesome. But um, I thought the scene in the park was because there are no this is obviously not a thriller. This is a, a slasher film. So there's there are no jump scares of any kind. Um, you 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 as you have alluded, you know what you're going to get when you go into this film. And I thought the scene in the park, the swing set and all that was probably the best uh, scene of the film, which interestingly enough was in the first half. So. Yes, I agree for a few reasons. First, because it was creepy enough where they were telling that woman who was warning them about Michael that there's been this guy in a white mask following us around and then they're just like hey there you are how you doing sir and then you know it's michael and she's freaking out and then it, michael like kills like four or five people who have been kind of present within the film that you think sort of have a little bit of plot armor perhaps and this film is not afraid to just absolutely destroy almost every character that you see on screen that is somewhat significant you know i will I give that to the film because a lot of the times you can really tell when somebody's going to survive or not, or if they're going to get roughed up a little bit and, you know, sort of be on the last stand, but still make it. I will admit the only person who really survived in this movie was Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, the sheriff uh, with the cowboy hat who had a very little uh, role in this film. I was very confused by that too. I- I'm just going to have to tell you, I- I'm ready to go ahead and, and rate this film and, and-, and move on. <laughs> I just oh, yeah. don't. I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm 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 totally fine with that. So on a scale of are we doing one to ten or one to five? One to one to five Z's. All right. I'm going to guess that you are going to give it one. You are correct, sir. Yes. Um, I would probably give it, I think I went on letterbox and gave it two stars. So I would probably give it two Z's. I think it's an easy, maybe two and a half. Yeah, probably two and a half. I think it's like an easy five and a half overall in terms of did you think it was scary no and it's funny because my girlfriend and her friend uh were saying oh this isn't scary at all it's just you know 
it's just you know very intense and i was thinking to myself i don't know if slasher films are meant to necessarily be scary or if they're just meant to sort of fill a genre need that some of those moviegoers have right you know they want to see they wanted to see that whole chase sort of scene and whatnot i don't think people are legitimately scared of that sort of thing i don't think it was meant to necessarily be horrifying in any way creepy in some moments sure but i i i think you're right i think you're right. i will have to, i do have to say this turn on the lights lock your doors keep your knives hidden close the closet doors put some blinds up i mean all these things apparently nobody in a horror film has ever figured out well you know and nobody can obviously get any further than 50 feet without falling of course as well right and and live on live in a one floor house so there there are no steps to impale uh banisters to impale you or steps for you to fall down yes that's very important or don't be alive around michael myers i think that's the biggest um tip that i could give to uh, anybody that watches this movie but yeah i I just um, thought the one the one scene where the guy's like did you lock the back door and he's like Oh no, I forgot. I thought to myself, if you go to your door because you hear somebody outside and you go outside and you don't see anyone and you, you live to go back in your house, what is the first thing you do? Oh yeah. Your door, you put something in front of the door. (laughs) And the, the craziest thing, last thing I'll say about this movie, I think the craziest thing about this is that Michael has, they knew Michael would come back for Halloween. So what are they doing? Not locking themselves down or at least going to a resort, like taking some time off. Why not get out of town for a little bit? Right. They're just, everybody's living life. Like this guy did not just terrorize. So the first film, the very, very first film exists within this canon. And then the 2018 version also exists within this film timeline. They know this guy is heading around and he's like virtually unkillable. I don't really understand why they're not more wary on Halloween night, but you know what? It's a horror movie. I cannot expect it to apply any sort of logic almost anywhere. We've discussed that before. I have one word. Move. Leave Haddonfield. Go somewhere else. You've had 40 years to do it. It's time to move on with your life. Get away from him. True. True. All right. Um, So I think we're going to move right into our recommendations section. So what do you have? I've got, I do not have a TV show today. What do you have? I have a new new album uh, and it is called Future Past by Duran Duran. Okay. Uh, Yes, Duran Duran is still, well, I mean, it it seems suitable that I'm talking about a a band that's been creating music for 40 years since we're talking about a film that's been a film series that's been in existence for 40 years, right? Mm -hmm. So Duran Duran is back with a new album, the first one in six years um, with an album called Future Past. I've been listening to it today. And I got to tell you, it's kind of good. It's it's no red red carpet massacre, which is our favorite Duran Duran album from 2006 or so. But I will tell you, it's it's catchy. Simon Lebon's vocals are strong. Uh, there's some songs that I will definitely put on my running playlist, and it's 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 worth a listen. So check it out. Future Past, Duran Duran. When did Future Past come out? let's say the 25th. Um, I think it came out uh, the 21st or 2nd. Oh, look at them. Still releasing stuff to this day. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Um, I would say that my recommendation, since we just discussed a movie that we didn't particularly enjoy, is a movie that I was actually really blown away by when I saw it in theaters. And that is The Accountant. It came out in 2016, and Ben Affleck uh, plays the titular character, and John Bernthal is also in it. I don't really want to reveal any details because it's just that good of a movie, and I didn't know anything about it going in, but this is just a fantastic film. And it's one of those ones that I think about from time to time, and I'm really glad. That's It, it just reminds me of why I love movies so much. So um, if that piqued your interest uh go watch the accountant do you know where i can stream it um let's see i i have it on dvd for myself so um let me you're not sharing huh you're not sharing oh, all of our listeners how could i possibly do that uh no, i just wanted to share with your co-host that's all <laughs> <laughs> oh i i really don't know but i'm going to edit that in during post-production so okay <laughs> Cool. Yeah, right. no, I remember you seeing it and you really liked it. So I um Excellent. I might have, I might have to check it out. Yeah, John Bernthal's great. And I mean, we know Ben Affleck. We like him a lot. So yeah, he's good. He's talented when he gets the right thing. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to our final Halloween uh episode for this year. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. ZZ Talk. <laughs>